Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello! And this is episode 171, that is right, 171, and uh, this is a podcast all about strange, weird, funny, banal, sinister, local news. We've been doing this for a long time, we're experts at it, and uh, we've got another jam-packed show for you today, haven't we, Rob? But how are you? You're still... Smart. I still, I still can't get still quite smart. used to it. I still, Why are you surprised by this? I can't get used to this. It's three weeks in a row now since Rob's had a new job, which it requires him to wear a suit every day. And so now when I do the podcast, Rob is wearing a... I still don't understand why that tie is still on. What's wrong with this tie? I actually don't like the tie. Well, That's my personal taste. What's wrong with it? I think ties... I don't know. It's not criticising you. I think a lot of people might like the tie. I find it um, revolting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> For listeners who may not like know, it's... It's not paisley. No, it's not paisley. It's kind of like a lilac colour. It's a lilac colour with... with, um, some stitched flowers on it. Silver flowers, yeah. It's a bit effeminate, I'll be honest, but I like it. I I think I bought a wall for a wedding, actually, and uh, it's still in my cupboard. I need to buy some more ties. You went to a wedding at the weekend, didn't you? I did, yes. How was it? It was very good. I've enjoyed it. Did you wear your new... to Ross and Cows, I don't think they listen. Did you wear your new... uh... Suit? And no, no, no. I, I was one of the best men, so we had the suits uh, hired for us. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, lovely, lovely dark blue suit, three-piece suit with a, a very nice champagne-coloured tie. Right. Irrelevant, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Rob, can we uh, start? I've got a cold at the moment. Before we start, can I just say something, Rob? Just hmm. annoying me. Round, not, not far from me, right, there's a school. And when I drive past that school... In the mornings now, they've taken to putting up these little, um, you know, those kind of yellow signs that uh, that sort of open up and, and stand up on the road. Oh, yeah. They've got those. And I've never seen these before. And they, they all sound them something along the lines of, but it is literally about the, saying this. It says, uh, 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 parking here could kill a child. Now, basically, they don't want people to park outside the school. And I understand yeah. that. But I'd love to know the statistics on people or children being killed, being killed by stationary objects. <laughs> because this is really infuriating me every time I drive past it, and I laugh at it every time. How many children are killed by parked cars every year? How do you get killed by a that's parked car? That's not good alliteration, because it's not the parking that's going to kill it. I'm sure it's the speed of a car that's going to kill a child. No, it's saying that parking outside there could kill a child. Why would, par- what, what, why would a parked car kill a child? How? How would that happen? Maybe a strong gust of wind could upend the car, and then it could crush, and crush a child on the pavement. You're right, I feel sheepish now, Rob, I'll be honest. I'm oh, sorry, Rob. Um, Rob, now we've got that out of the way, um, I do think we're going to remember this period of time in our podcast history for we're always going to look back on it and reminisce as the, uh, the ongoing updates of the Croydon Cat Killer. <laughs> because <laughs> oh, I, cause I've got another one for you. Oh. Do you, do you want to, any listeners who are new, do you want to tell what, what I've been talking about the last three weeks about this, uh, well, is it, is it, is this amazing this is, local story? I think this is the third story now. Apparently yeah. this is making national press now. Oh, is it? I yeah. didn't know that. Because I, I speak to someone up north, actually. I was at the wedding and someone... They've yeah. heard about it? Yeah. Tell the listeners what it's about. Right, okay. So there is a man, well, we don't know that. No, we don't know. A, a perpetrator going around uh, beheading and maiming cats around the Crystal Palace and Croydon area. And we think there's been 16 confirmed kills, I think, and 32 alleged kills. Yeah, but, but, but the important thing is Martin Clunes, the actor, has written a letter to the Metropolitan oh, yeah, Police Commission. Martin Clunes, on behalf of Petter. On behalf of Petter, has written a letter to the Metropolitan Police Commission, a very patronising letter, suggesting they check their CCTV again. Yeah. Do you want to know the latest update, Rob? It's by Jess Bell. Let me guess. Metro Police told Martin Clues to fuck off. No, no, no. That would be great. Yeah. This is, I think this is even better. Oh, right. Croydon cat killer believed to have struck in Crystal Palace, in quotes, lures victims with raw chicken. <laughs> um, can I just clarify? When they say victims, I mean cats. He hasn't... Well, let's hear. Because you know about the, the graduation theory. Who knows uh, that's what he's what I was moved on to. The notorious Croydon cat killer, who is thought to have slaughtered two felines in Crystal Palace, is luring his victims to their death with the use of raw chicken. According to the examining vet. Oh, is it, sorry, there's a vet involved now. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Chinnery, I believe his name. <laughs> it's a League of Gentlemen reference. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is off topic. Me and Rob have been discussing the new Alan Partridge series. One of the episodes does feature one of the guys from League of Gentlemen. Oh, which one? You know, the guy who plays... Well, is it Reece Smith? Papa Shearsmith. Lazaro. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shearsmith, yeah. Oh, he's Smith. No, yeah. he doesn't play Papa Lazaro. Yeah, he does. does. Yeah, the guy who plays the toad guy with the warts. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. And he, yeah, yeah. The guy who plays loads yeah, of... Yeah, no rights, yeah. yeah. And Sorry. he plays Ross with Pauline. That's right. Him. He, yeah. He's in one of the episodes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Great. The Met Police confirmed it is looking into the deaths as part of a wider investigation into the so-called Croydon Cat Killer, 
who is thought to have butchered at least ten felines Sorry. so far. So now it's ten. Can we, can we um, can we give him his actual name, the Croydon Cat Ripper? I think yeah, I, I, yeah, well, yeah. The first one, first article, they did refer to him as a Croydon Cat Ripper, and I think we've got to keep that. We don't want to sensationalise it. No, but I think Ripper is appropriate. Yeah, because he does rip their heads off, apparently. The vet who is, uh, we confirm that. <laughs> I don't know. The vet who wished to remain anonymous told the BBC he was able to link ten of the deaths out of the sixteen bodies he had examined so far. He revealed that in the past two cases, raw chicken had been found in the cat's stomachs, suggesting the chick killer had used the meat to lure in the animals. The vet told the BBC, I think they're being strangled, then taken off site to be butchered, and then the bodies are being returned and dumped. That's why there is no blood found at the scene. It's quite systematic. He's like Doc Martin, this guy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My fear initially is Doc Martin a vet? No, no, he's a doctor, hence Doc Martin. My fear initially was that the cats were being hacked to death because the cuts are really random, but the incisions have become much more precise, which suggests they are being killed first, said the vet. South Norwood Animal Rescue and Liberty, otherwise known as Snarl, believe more than 50 cats, rabbits and foxes have been killed across London over the past few years. In a bid to catch the culprit and bring them to justice, they've raised £5,000 to fund forensic analysis Sorry. on the dead animal bodies. Past few years? 50 cats over the past few years, they believe, are now might be linked to this guy. Rob, this could be the biggest thing to happen in animal murders. This is no cat genocide. Well, no, because that would involve cats killing other cats. Wouldn't it? We don't know. It's not a cat. I think feline aside is a good term. Feline aside, okay. In a bit, yeah, so they've raised five grand, this pitiful amount. Um, he wrote the local community... Um, last week, Martin, Martin Actor... Martin, Actor Martin Clunes wrote to the Met Police, urging them to find and prosecute the culprit. He wrote, the local community is understandably distraught and frightened. No one feels safe while the sick individual is on the loose. Anyone with information should contact the police on 101 or call Crime Stoppers anonymously. Now, there are some comments, Rob, thankfully. And uh, I think there are a few good ones here. Can I just say, well, you got the way you got confused with, um, it's Willie Neumann now. You were referring to Martin Clunes as Martin Actor. And I seem to remember a character. Do you, you remember the Far Show? Yeah, Dave Angel. Dave Angel. Was it John Actor, his name? I oh, the really jo- played Monkfish. I think it was John Actor, yeah. Yeah. Something um, like so that. So that's a really niche reference, listeners. I apologise. It's a good that. reference. <laughs> uh, Paul C says, so the vet has done more to solve the case than the police. Yeah, fair point. Uh, Concerned Iris says, I'm not really a cat person, but this is disgusting. I hope they catch the sicko and very soon. He sounds like a suspect. And I'm not, I don't understand this comment. Uh, Rab IT says, the police should be investigating if this is a scam. I think he's... Does he understand the definition of a scam? Hmm. Is he trying to imply that these cats are put there for a reason? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he means, Rob. But uh, if the police are listening, I think you should follow up on that particular... Uh, oh, I think that's probably fair. On that particular person. Maybe it's some sort of mail, mail order thing that we're not aware of. Where <laughs> they just dump random dead, dead cats around Crystal Palace in Croydon. Um, talking of cats, Rob. Would you like a good news cat story? Of course. It's from Jake Bacon. I love that name. 2016. Um, February, Thursday the 18th. Swanley Man wants people to realise foxes and cats can be best friends. <laughs> Sorry, oh God. Why what? are you laughing? Because <sighs> he's clearly tried to introduce the two animals together at some stage so that they can form some sort of unlikely superhero. Superhero? Hit superhero duo, I should have said. Why superhero duo? Why not just a friendship? Well, no, I don't know. I'm just thinking that if you're going to try and introduce a cat and a fox, you need it to be more than just a friendship. I think he's he's living a fancy world, Alex. Well, let's hear about it. A Swanley man wants people to realise that foxes are not all cracked up. Don't know what that what? phrase means. And that they can get along with cats. So he says foxes aren't all cracked up. It's implied they have some sort of drug addict. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Dyland of Cedar Close. Sorry. Peter, sorry. Peter Dyland oh. of Cedar Close says his pet was always safe from the vixen that used to regularly visit his back garden two years ago. By vixen, I assume he means the fox. Hmm. The, uh, he would like people to stop stereotyping foxes. Stop stereotyping them, Rob. <laughs> and accept that not all of them are badly behaved. Mr. Dyland told the new shopper the fox would jump the wall into our garden and just sit and enjoy the sun in what she deemed a safe place. As you can see in the photos, which I do have for you, right. her and my cat would check one another out and just settle down and snooze. He's got an interesting turn of phrase, this man. I just want to point out that foxes aren't all cracked up with their labels of mischief and mayhem. Sadly, the vixen and her cubs never turned up one day, and that was the end of that. I suspect somebody poisoned them. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't actually say that, does it? Yeah, that was the end of the article. I suspect somebody poisoned them. He just says, sadly, the, uh, the fox and her cubs never turned up one day, and that was the end of that. I expect somebody shot or poisoned them. Sorry, shot or poisoned them. <laughs> Does that not seem like a jump? 
That's what happens to foxes, but a, a, lo- a lovely end to a heartwarming tale. <laughs> and here is the fox and the cat living together in harmony. Describe for the listeners. Do you know what? Actually, that's a really cute picture. So there's a cat curled up on, under a bush on some uh, a bit of patio next to some grass, and the cat and uh, sorry, the fox, uh, who's more or less uh, not prostate, but l- laying. Yeah, I mean, quite... Looks quite domesticated. Yeah, very much so. His head is actually on the grass and he... I mean, she, oh no, she, she, isn't it? She's obviously very relaxed. Um, I'm now concerned that he has... Killed the fox. And then had it stuffed. I, I think he may have been a fox fancier. <laughs> right, I've got another animal story for us. Okay. Ellen Brake, but it's from The Guardian. It's uh, very short, but I oh, have okay. to read it to you. <laughs> Furious George, monkey in Brazil, drinks rum and chases bar patrons with a knife. <laughs> okay. After sampling some alcohol from patrons' glasses, a monkey picked up a knife and chased customers around a bar in Paraiba, Baril, it has emerged. The capuchin monkey drank remnants of... Oh, I can never pronounce that word. Well, what is that word there? Have you oh. seen it? It's, a, it's an alcoholic drink. Well, remnants of a, of, a, of a distilled spirit popular in Brazil from glasses around the bar. The animal then chased the men in the pub with a foot-long knife... But left the women what? to drink in relative peace, oh, according to, to the Daily Mirror. Oh, I'm happy about that. At least he's not a misogynist. It was a bar staff oversight that ended with the monkey drinking some rum and taking the knife, Fire Department Lieutenant Colonel Saul Laurentino told Aridi. Sorry, th- that sounds like someone who had accidentally served the monkey, thinking it was a small <laughs> child. <laughs> Sorry. A video, a video posted to YouTube on Wednesday allegedly shows the monkey stabbing sporadically at the roof of the establishment as people look on. Amazing. The monkey was then captured by the local fire department before being released into a nearby environmental reserve, according to the Huffington Post. But when the animal stirred up more trouble, scaring children and residents of the area, he was captured once more. We had to recapture him because he was causing problems and threatening children living near the reserve, Laurentino said. We will forward it on Saturday to the Brazilian Institute of Environment and Renewable Natural Resources in Susa. There they will evaluate whether the animal is able to return to the environment or if it will need to live in captivity. Oh, it's going to be difficult now that he has an alcohol problem. I just like the strap line. It was eventually captured by the fire department and released into wildlife reserve only to be recaptured for harassing local children. (laughs) What a bastard. Right, last story, Rob. Patrick Grafton Green. Lovely. So you know it's going to be good because he specialises in small... Slightly comical stories. Absolutely. And it was uh, from, I think, yesterday. Um, and for the fastidious amongst you, we are recording on the 25th of February, 2016. Lewisham Council employee asked colleague, can you suck in WhatsApp message? This is an intriguing story, this, Rob. Well, worst things happen at sea. A married Lewisham Council social worker who made a female colleague squirm by asking, in quotes, can you suck, claimed it was an instant conversation about vampires, a hearing was told today. (laughs) Can I read that again? Can I just say, that is a fantastic episode. (laughs) An innocent conversation about vampires. Yeah, it is. It's also one of the best paragraphs I think we've ever had. (laughs) A married Lewisham Council social worker who made a female colleague squirm by asking, can you suck, claimed it was an innocent conversation about vampires, a hearing was told today. There's so much in there. Yeah, there really is. Uh, Amika... uh, Amika Maduki allegedly made the comment during a WhatsApp conversation after the woman told him she was watching her favourite TV show, Vampire Diaries. Okay. The colleague, referred to only as Colleague A, told a Health and Care Professionals Council, HCPC, panel that she thought the message was strange and made her feel uncomfortable. After she told him she was watching Vampire Diaries during the autumn of 2014, Maduke, that's a long time ago, Yeah. Maduke asked, Sucking blood? She replied, Yeah. Maduke then said, Wow. Can you suck? The woman said she tried to nip it in the bud by replying with a confused emoticon and saying, I'm not a vampire. She added she wasn't sure if Maduke was making a cheeky sexual remark, but felt his messages were inappropriate. She said, I thought that it wasn't quite right. I stopped responding to the conversation. It was enough to make me feel uncomfortable. Maduke told the panel he was shocked the woman was watching vampires on television. What? Claims it, yes. Maduke told the panel he was shocked, in quotes, that the woman was watching vampires on television and claimed his motives were entirely innocent. He said, This idea of, can you suck? It's quite vague and it's relative to how you interpret the words. Can you suck? He's brilliant, this man. No, no, he's not. <laughs> it's whether it has any romantic or sexual connotation, he continued. He, he said, I was in shock. And then I say, can you suck? You with him? <laughs> no. Sorry, so he was... So, so, unless he is one of these people that is just completely, I don't know, unaware of social mores, completely, yeah, completely lives a very factual life. 
and is and anything out, out out the realms of normality, he's completely just shocked by. There's no way that comment could be taken any other way than I'm assuming he actually meant it. Well, well, let's see, Rob. During the same period between August and November 2014, Maduke also texted her, "There is something about you that thrills me since you joined the service." <laughs> so I think. Think something about me that thrills you. Oh, that's it actually says trills, but I assume it was thrills. Yeah. Um, I'm not very good. And he, sa- he said to her, I'm not, this is what he said in his text. There's something about you that thrills me since you joined the service. I am not very good with lofty words or flattery. Besides, I need to be sure if it's safe to open up with you. Well, you are quite good with lofty words and flattery <laughs> because people who are good with lofty words use phrases like lofty words. Yeah. He later asked, will it be an offence to spend some time together at the weekend? And continued, you lead the role and I will respect the boundary. I think we're gifted adults. We can handle it. <laughs> I mean, that's a very strange thing. Gifted adults? Yeah. He claims he also made two other... F- it is claimed he also made two other female colleagues uncomfortable with his messages outside work hours. Maduke asked one woman, known only as colleague B, do you mind if I take you for a spoil one day? Don't know what that means. What? <laughs> a spoil. Uh, she told the panel he was possibly trying to make a romantic move on me. It was certainly not said in a professional context. He was trying for a date, definitely. But Duque asked her the next day, do you like that I said I would do anything for you? Do you mean when he said four, did you mean two? He's very creepy, isn't he? Can I just ask? He's I, like a vampire, no? I, Rob? Yeah, that's fair. Can I, I, do, do you I know, get the impression, though, his, the English may not be his first language. That may very well be true. But Rob, talking about him being a vampire, do you remember in Eyes Wide Shut? when they go to the party at the beginning and Alice dances with that Hungarian man. Yes. Who's very much like a vampire, the way he talks to her. Yeah. Uh, and this is how this is exactly how this guy said, do you like that I said I would do anything for you? The difference is, I think this guy may be a sex pest. Well, so was he. I am not very good with lofty words or flattery. Besides, I need to be sure it is safe to be open. You can imagine, he's very creepy. Maduke is said to have WhatsApp to third colleague, hi, how are you? And, I mean, that's okay. <laughs> and how do you chill out? I'm not sure that that's offensive, though. Not really, no. The woman reported Maduke in 2014, and he was referred to this body. Maduke denies sending inappropriate WhatsApp messages to colleagues or making inappropriate advances at work. The hearing continues. And presumably, Rob, this has been going on since 2014. So in my mind, this is the longest trial since OJ Simpson. <laughs> this in case that any more of his fantastic messages may come out <laughs> absolutely okay rob have you got a story for us there yeah we're going all the way up to manchester sorry mr rob okay so i've got yeah i hope we'd forgotten about that so um yeah we're going out to manchester um back to the manchester Evening news throw if we didn't well we're gonna go anyway right. uh no journals listed headline Man arrested on N60 after he was walking along the carriageway carrying a giant gnome. <laughs> oh my God, that is, that, that is pure partridge. <laughs> that is pure partridge. Because I, I was waiting. You should have said, carrying what? And made me guess. Yeah, a actually, giant right, yeah. gnome. And how, when he says giant gnome, how big is that gnome? Is it human size? There's a fair size. It's have a it, fair size. Have you got a picture? Uh, I haven't, although there is a video, but I decided to, to pick the other story because it's more wordy. Right. Um... So, several drivers called police after believing the man was, was carrying a child. Uh, well, hang on a minute, you can't, you've got to leave breathing room here. Who mistakes a gnome for a child? <laughs> Maybe they thought that... Oh, look at his red cheeks. Look at his red cheeks, it's a child. Like, a gnome's an expression, you know, they've got one fixed expression, a child would be... Bloody. If you're going along at 70 mile an hour, you may not be able to... Holy shit, there's a man with a child dressed like a gnome. <laughs> Man was arrested in the M60. Can you use that? Sorry, Rob, because this is so absurd. It's brilliant. Okay. Imagine a police interview. Right, describe what you saw. I saw a man walking down the... the, the where, where was he walking down the central the, reservation? The M60. Yeah, of the, the M60 with a child dressed as a gnome. Right. How do you know it wasn't a gnome? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> No? Well, I mean, you say that's that's a very fair point, but apparently in Hay received several calls, so apparently quite a few people made the same mistake right. and never thought to question the fact that the child may have been dressed as a gnome and, I don't know, was completely... You know, and therefore was a gnome. Yeah. A man was arrested there in the M60 after he was walking. Uh, he was caught walking along the carriageway carrying a giant gnome. Uh, Greater Manchester Police received calls from concerned drivers who spotted the man walking on the... the I mean, walking on the motorway as well towards Trafford on Tuesday afternoon. 
Several drivers believed the man was carrying a child. The man was described as white and wearing a grey fleece and jeans at the time of the incident. Uh, police attended shortly after 3.45pm and arrested the man close to the junction in Cheadle. He was arrested for shoplifting and public order offences. Up until that point, yeah. why were they seeking him? What is it an offence to walk down the motorway? Yeah. Oh, it is. It's a criminal offence, yeah. What if you haven't got a car or a bike? Well, I mean, there are other roads where you can walk down. Are there? Well, you know, ones with pavements, for instance. But there aren't pavements on the side of the motorway. Yeah, for that exact reason. Because people walk down them with giant... It's a circular argument. <laughs> <laughs> One Twitter user wrote, Did I really just see a dude walking on the hard shoulder of the M6 carrying a gnome? She reminds me of the sheep story from yeah, last week. It does, yeah. Can I just have a Costco point? He was arrested for shoplifting in public order offences. So he shoplifted the gnome? I believe so. Yeah. In a fit of rage, he took the gnome, thought, I thought it, I'm walking home. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, there must be more to this story. Come on. There's not an awful lot more, but there is just another little sort of section. Earlier today, a woman was also caught walking her dog on a hard shoulder close to Denton Island. Two, two police officers were told about the incident, which took place at, at Junction 24 at Denton Island around 9.30am. Both the woman and the dog were reported safe. Is that also a motorway? Please fill it, vehicle. Is that also a motorway? Yeah. She walked her dog down a motorway. She's walking dog, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, so is this a new craze in Manchester, or has there been a lot of car repossessions? <laughs> No, I think they're just generally quite thick. <laughs> Two comments. Right. Uh, by the way, the people of Manchester, just to clarify, I, 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 I retract my comments. That's not true. And Rob does have a great affection for Manchester. I do. Yeah. I really do. Um, Bob Irvin, I don't, but that's, that's a different story. Yeah. Uh, Bob Irvin said, um, said the gnome, the bottom lies, I have no desire to be the mayor of Greater Manchester, I have no intention of being a candidate. Eh? Well, Manchester are about to vote for the, their first mayor and he was making a joke that maybe the, the gnome was going to... Well, maybe the man could go for mayor and the, the gnome could be his vice mayor. Yeah, I mean, again, that's his place so about the people of Manchester. Um, and the last comment, um, although this is a bit niche, you, know, you may not get the reference, uh, Google Yaha says, uh, the gnome had the last laugh. Copyright David Bowie. It's a really niche reference. Which is? David Bowie had a really... Oh, and do you know what? I can't even know the name of the song. He had a really... There was a song of one of his early albums. I think it was his early albums. That had it referenced a gnome. It may have actually been t- titled about a gnome. And apparently it was it was voted the worst song he'd ever written. Right. And, uh, apparently, and he's chosen to bring it up after David Bowie died, did he? Yeah, apparently he felt that Gnome had the last laugh by being stopped on the M60, and that was a fitting tribute to David Bowie in some way. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. What? The man carrying the gnome. Maybe it was a, a tribute to David Bowie. Maybe he was going to erect it somewhere as a kind of memorial. Oh, in which case, that's quite nice. Yeah, okay. touching. <laughs> okay, uh, Rob and I, it's time for General Anaesthetic, which is where I can, uh, cover a general news story that's covered in the local, national press, sorry, the national press. And um, normally it's of a political bent. And uh, Rob and I just did record the first part of this General Anaesthetic scene where we had a very fascinating discussion, and it was fascinating, on yes. Europe. But unfortunately, uh, there was an error with the recording, so we haven't got that anymore. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate you will miss that, because... Uh, I think it was some of the best uh, podcasts we've ever done, wasn't it? <laughs> what worries me is, this has happened quite a few times over the past few weeks, and I think I'm wondering if listeners start to think it's, it's a conspiracy theory. Well, what the <laughs> we're deliberately leaving them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're not. But if you want to know, I'm still undecided on the whole thing, because on the one hand, I really am against the European project, because it's wholly undemocratic and everything else. But I'm very worried that if we separate from Europe, Scotland will vote to have independence, they will break away, we'll be left as a very small island, island nation, forever run by the and ruled over by the Tories and will eventually regress into a feudal state. Yeah. That was That's a synopsis of my worry. And uh, I think I'm very much of the in-vote, although I can understand where Alex is coming from. Um, I think I believe that the, uh, the British economy... Uh, relies quite heavily on of the import and export to uh, Europe and the countries therein, uh, and also I think possibly I might be swayed by the fact that there are certain Conservative MPs that uh, but you shouldn't I despise. That, that, no, that I know nothing to do. I with know it. that. I, I realise that. I'm fully aware of that. But Tony Benn, as you know, was staunchly anti-Europe. Yeah, I think my, uh, the trouble is I just rebel against anything that Ian Duncan Smith is doing. 
Well, yeah, but if that's going to decide, you know, he takes a piss, Rob. So we're going to start. Well, I'm just hoping. I'm he, just, he, uses, he uses the toilet every day, so you're going to stop using the toilet now because no, he's going to try to his penis off. Well, if you object to in Duncan Smith so strongly, can I suggest that you move out of his constituency area? I'm not in his constituency. I thought you were. I thought he was your MP. No, he, he's in the constituency next to. Who's mine. your MP then? Uh, you know, I've no idea. Oh, well, Couldn't give a shit. Some some conservative fucker. Oh, is it right? Yeah. Okay. Mine's Jim Dowd and has been ever since I was a baby. Good for you. Do you know what? I've been, I've been invited because obviously now I'm a Labour Party member. I'm not sure people knew that, but uh, I've been invited to a lot, a lot of meetings. I'm really so strongly considering going. Yeah, because they're constituent meetings. It'd be nice to see what the, what the, the um, Labour Party is doing in my area because obviously it's solidly conservative and has been for a number of years. Right, Rob. Do you want to hear a funny story? Yes, after that, this, definitely. This, this is a funny. I have to say, this is funny, even though it's in general anaesthetic, which is often quite somber. This is this is. Unbelievable. It's by Julia Carey Wong in San Francisco. Julia Carey Wong? Yeah. <laughs> okay. San Francisco tech worker. This is the headline. I don't want to see homeless riffraff. This is from the 17th of February. Like that now. I mean, now I've got this job and I have to wear a suit. Well, let's see if you empathise with this, man. This is like something out of American Psycho. Do you want to hear it? Oh, God. In the only last cultural altercation... In the last... In- in only the latest cultural altercation between San Francisco's tech workers and the city's impoverished population, one tech worker has described, declared the homeless a riffraff. Okay? It's a familiar story. A male entrepreneur, some might even call him a tech bro, flush with a sense of self-worth and self-satisfaction that comes from living and working in a city and industry that treats him and his friends as the most important and intelligent beings ever to grace a metropolitan area with their presence, takes a moment to think about homelessness. Not content to wrinkle his nose and move on with his day, he types those thoughts out. He publishes them on the internet. And there, with the click of a button, he enters the pantheon of infamous San Francisco tech bros. Oh my god. Justin Keller, an entrepreneur, developer, and the founder of startup Commando.io, joined those exalted ranks on the 15th of February when he published an open letter to San Francisco Mayor Ed Lee and Police Chief Greg Suher. So he wrote to the Mayor and the Police Chief. Want to hear what he said? Do I, do I want to hear this? Will, will I get angry? I am writing today to voice my concern and outrage over the increasing homelessness and drug problem that the city is faced with. It's okay so far, right? Yeah. I've been living in San Francisco for over three years, and without a doubt, it's, this is the worst it's ever been. So far, so good. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Every day on my way into work, to and from work, I see people sprawled across the sidewalk, tent cities, human feces, and the faces of addiction. Can I say, is there an episode title there? Um, people sprawled across the sidewalk, tent cities, human feces, and faces of addiction. It's, it's a bit grubby, but yeah, okay. <laughs> the city is becoming a shanty town. Worst of all, it is unsafe. Keller explained that he'd been moved to action by his experiences over the holiday weekend when his parents and relatives came to visit. When he's moved to action, does that mean driving a car into them? <laughs> Sorry, just thinking out loud. Keller explained that he'd been moved into action... By his experience over the holiday weekend. Okay, so he was doing something good. He opened a soup kitchen, that kind of thing. No, he's been moved into writing this letter. Will you shut up? Oh, the, oh, the action is the sentence. Okay, the right. action is this. He's been moved into writing this letter due to his experience over the holiday weekend when his parents and relatives came to visit. Three encounters with a homeless drunken man, in quotes, in the street, a, in quotes, distraught and high person, end of quotes, outside a restaurant, and the man who, in quotes, took his shirt off and laid down, close quotes, in a movie theatre, <laughs> okay. left him angry and frustrated with the city's homelessness problem. So what do you imagine? It's a holiday weekend. He's got his parents over and his relatives. And he's ashamed and embarrassed, Rob, because over one weekend, there is an incident with a homeless drunk man, a person who is distraught and high, and another person in a cinema who takes his shirt off and lies down. I mean, Alex, when your parents are there, you know, you want to give the impression that you live in this, this fantastic cosmopolitan city that is San Francisco. You don't want to be marred by this. You don't want these kind of people clutching up your life. While Keller is not alone in his... They should frust- be bulldozed. While Keller is not alone in his frustration that there are nearly 7,000 people living in San Francisco without homes, his letter is distinctive for its total lack of sympathy for the plight of those in difficult circumstances, focusing instead on the discomfort of the wealthy. Here's what he says. Oh, my God. The residents of this amazing city no longer feel safe, he says. I know people are frustrated about gentrification happening in the city, but the reality is we live in a free market society. The wealthy working people have earned their right to live in the city. They went out, got an education, worked hard and earned it. I shouldn't have to worry about being accosted. I shouldn't have to see the pain, struggle and despair of homeless people to and from my way way to work every day. 
I want my parents, when they visit here, to have a great experience and enjoy this special place. Do you know what? You should, you should come and live, live in London because that's affected what's happening here. <laughs> um, Rob, this is a psychopath. This is like something out of American Psycho. I don't think Psycho. he's a psychopath. I just think that he's lost lost any grip of reality. He just well, that's lives in a self-contained... Well, well, yeah, possibly. The wealthy working people have earned their right to live in the city. They went out, they got an education, they worked hard, they earned it. I shouldn't have to worry about being accosted. And even admits there's pain. He says, oh, but I shouldn't have to see the pain, struggle and despair of homeless people. I'm afraid that's life, mate. It might make you feel guilty, which seems to be the whole reason for writing this letter, but it's life. Anyway, I, Kel- I don't think he's feeling guilty. I think he's saying he is. I sympathise as a man. He is suffering because of these people. And I have to say, Rob, this letter is a very strong defence against his feeling of pain and suffering that he sees. It's a man who cannot bear to see that the complexities of life. As you said, he wants to live in this wealthy enclave where you can pretend there is no pain. Keller does not propose a solution to San Francisco's complex and intractable civic conundrum. Oh, a uh, complex and intractable, intractable civic conundrum. Very good episode title. <laughs> Though he does seem to cite approvingly the controversial sweeps of the homeless during the recent Super Bowl festivities. Sweeps the... I don't know about that. I don't have a magic solution, he says. It's a very difficult and complex situation. But somehow, during Super Bowl, almost all of the homeless and riffraff seem to up and vanish. I'm willing to bet that was not a coincidence. Money and political pressure can make a change. So it's time to start making progress, oh, or we as citizens God. will make a change in leadership and a new officials who can. After facing significant backlash against the post on Twitter, Keller appended an apology for his use of the term riffraff, writing that the word was insensitive and counterproductive. This is the kind of cunt who's voted for Trump, isn't it? <laughs> I doubt that very much. I don't think he would be. Or he might be. He might not. But he's, he's definitely a man who's probably mates with George Osborne. Mm. As of publication, he has not reached the next stage of the tech bro homeless rant cycle. First comes the deletion of the post. In 2013, startup founder Peter... She deleted his 10 Things I Hate About You San Francisco edition rant from Medium after the backlash reached such a fevered pitch that posters featuring his photograph were posted on telephone poles around the city. Amazing. Next comes the apology tour. In 2015, startup CEO Greg Kotman attempted to make amends for his own anti-homeless screed. He described the homeless as the lower part of society and degenerates who gather like hyenas and bemoaned the burden and liability of having so many of them close to us by launching a programme of his own to, in quotes, solve homelessness. Gottman's plan never went anywhere. One City Hall official told The Guardian in 2015 that the, entrepreneur, the entrepreneur's plan to house homeless people in domes reminded me of a doghouse. So this guy who went on an apology tour who said they were degenerate to gather like tiny's, his big idea, Rob, was to gather them together and home them in domes. So they okay. could all... Yeah. Or, or, let's face it, how else could we phrase that? Some sort of camp, maybe? Some yeah. sort of like internment camp? Because what people don't realise is people always sort of bemoan and like laugh at our upper class, our snooty upper class. America has a very snooty upper class as well. Yeah. You just don't see them as much, but they're exactly the same. In an email to The Guardian, Keller said that he was writing an additional blog post about the issue. He says the thesis of the post was that inaction by the city and officials is not working. We all as citizens of San Francisco need to figure out how we can improve the city and address the homelessness and drug addiction problem straight on, he said. I in no way meant to vilify homeless or drug users. My frustration is that we as citizens don't feel safe. The amount of violent crime is increasing. It affects everybody. What specific measures is the city taking to proactively helping the homeless and drug addicted? Instead of crucifying me, we all as citizens should be crucifying the city and elected government officials for its ineptness. The status quo is not working. Of course, Keller will be may only be the prior of the internet for the next few days, while San Francisco's homeless people are made to feel like the prize of the city every day. Being homeless is like being a germ, being the germ of the city. That's how they treat you, said Bercy Perry, a homeless resident of San Francisco. Perry was standing outside his tent in an encampment underneath the Highway 101 overpass. The foot can you imagine, Rob? That being your life. The 42-year-old said he had been homeless for about one year and he has little patience for the distaste some people have for his presence in the city. They don't care about nobody but themselves, Perry said about the wealthy tech workers who've moved into San Francisco. If you've got money, you just want to grab everything you can get. I mean, that's that's a very... I think that's a point that needs to be made. He's been homeless for a year. Yeah. So before that point, he must have had some sort of life, some sort of existence. He's a hyena, Rob. A few blocks away, Michael Jones has been homeless for three years was frustrated that people are homeless and hungry in a city with so much wealth. I see all the food they throw away, Jones said. Still, asked about how he feels about wealthy tech workers, he would only say, I don't judge anyone. Which is good of him. Madeline McCann, hey? 27, different one, I do need to say that, had moved more points, 27, had some more pointed words for tech bros who disapprove of her. McCann has been living in a tent under the highway for about a month, ever since her van was towed, leaving her without a roof. 
They need to be a little more tolerant, she said. It's not like they're going to let us come and shower at their house. Which is a very, very good point. Okay, mate, you have to look out the window and see people who are destitute. But you get to go home to your fucking house and your family and warmth and electricity and all the other things we take for granted. And at the end of each day, you can literally just close the door on them. Yeah. Okay. For those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a long time, it is the return of the campfire because Rob apparently has a camping-related listener story. This is our listener story of the week, everybody, and we are out in the great... Rob, shall I uh, just set the scene here? It just feels like we're back where we used to be. Here we are, Rob, round the campfire. Oh, good. We've got the uh, the crickets, cicadas there, chirping away in the distance. Lovely. (sighs) What did you bring to eat? You were meant to bring the fucking food. Well, I was, I was waiting for the next chip shop review. I don't know if it, this one's any good. Oh, yeah. By the way, listeners, there is no chip shop review from the Derby Telegraph this week. Neither is there the Jeff Espresso coffee <laughs> review feature we featured last week. Both the themes have been dropped by the Derby Telegraph without any reason why. And that is a shame. I will keep monitoring it and hope that one day they return. I mean, they, uh, Maybe they're they... in jail. <laughs> for what? Well, we don't know what else that bloke that's, was doing in no, his van. That's, that's a good point, actually. I, 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 I do... Yeah, no, that's a fair. Right. Now... Over the past, I, I can't remember where. It, I don't think it was like it can't have been last week. It was probably the week before. We have often made disparate. Well, I say we. You have often made disparaging mm. comments uh, about our listeners. Uh, no, I haven't. One, one listener in particular. Craig works in an abattoir. What is disparaging about that? Is there anything and, wrong with working in an abattoir? And what else? He likes meat. Hang on. He likes meat. He likes working with meat. <laughs> right. Do you know that's wrong? Yes. Day um, to I'm day. Trying to think. Yeah. Day to day. And what else have you said about him? That he lives in a caravan on top of... You told me he lived on a caravan on top of the skip. I didn't tell you Where that. did that come from, then? You made that up. No, we had a story about a caravan lived in a caravan on top of the that's, skip. No, we had that's from a Craig. caravan had been, had been binned in the skip. That's yeah. what it was. Right. So, so Craig lives in a caravan on top of the skip, and he works in an abattoir. So, on my own so he comes home to his caravan where these white coats all covered in blood. <laughs> every night. That's quite a graphic image, isn't it? Yeah. So on my own, I've already chosen a listener story, which, which I will feature because it is good, but on my own... Well, maybe in a future week or if we've got time this week. Depends. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what Anyway, on my way over here, Craig tweeted me. Ah. And he tweeted me saying, maybe I should get an upgrade. And there was a story attached to it from the Wales Online. Have he mentioned about his work in an abattoir? No, surprisingly not, no. Well, the fact he, that he I'm hasn't... not sure he's heard that yet. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah the fact that he hasn't denied it or rebutted it means that I'm right. He does work in an avatar. I don't think they have these. Do you know what? Maybe you are. Craig, you have a right of reply. I mean, if you don't work in an avatar, where do you work? I thought you worked in an avatar. <laughs> manager. Manager? He's a manager of the avatar. Alex, this, this is off absolutely no information whatsoever. Anyway, look. So, as we said, this is where stories from Wales Online, okay? Um, amazingly, there is a journalist listed, which I'm not sure I want to put my name in this story. Uh, Catherine Williams. Right. She doesn't sound Welsh. Headline. Would you pay £29 a week to stay in this caravan? How much? £29 a week. Oh, that's quite cheap. Uh, I'm going to show Fucking you the pictures hell. at the end. Cut down on my rent substantially. It would, Yeah, it would actually. But we live in London, so you know, anywhere outside London would have cut down substantially. Apart from maybe... Is it Oxford, I think, is now second? Rob, can Oxford. we... Sorry, yeah. right. Renting a caravan for £29 a week sounds like a great deal. But you better take a look at it first. This is Craig's, is it? Uh, this isn't actually Craig's. Well, he's no. tweeted it to you. Maybe what? this will finally get his, his home revealed. Do you think? What, do you Are there think... any blood-soaked knives lying around and sort of butcher's coats? Uh, no, surprisingly not. No. Can you see a T-bone steak? Uh, well, well, I'll show you the pictures at the end. There's nothing better than picking up a great deal on accommodation. Sadly, this caravan may have an attractive price, but everything, yes, everything, leaves a lot to be desired. Right. It's on the A469, just outside... Oh, God. Yostad Min and the Minach. You all right? <laughs> Sorry, I had a quick slight seizure there. So, you have to, uh, so you'd have to walk to get uh, to a good shower block. Well, well, down the motorway. I thought you weren't allowed. I thought it was illegal. Well, good point. Or perhaps you could just move it. From this picture, the looks inside, it needs a lot of... Uh, sorry, from this picture, the inside looks like it needs a lot of work. Now... I, I probably really at this point need to show you this uh, beautiful caravan. Would you like to see it? Yeah, and I'll describe for the listener. I'm looking okay. forward to this. So, uh, are you ready to see these, these beautiful pictures? 
Well, you need to start with the top one. <laughs> okay, listeners, there is a, a... How can they leave that on the side? It's not even on the side of the road, isn't it? Right in the middle of the road. It's right, no, right think... on the left-hand lane of the road. It's not even in the lay-by. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, either way, there's a caravan looked like it's dumped in the middle of the street. Very old-looking caravan. Gaffer tape to the back <laughs> is the sign to let £29 Which I thought was week. a nice touch. Can I scroll down? You can. There's more. Oh, there's more. Uh, through the back window, inside you can see a mound of bin bags, broken uh, wood. Um, it doesn't look at all habitable. I'm no. Pre- I'm assuming... Uh, it's it's it, it it's just it, it looks like it looks like a burnt out caravan. It, it looks like a caravan that's been burnt out and is used as a dumping ground. I don't know if there's a paw prints or hand prints all over that plank of wood. Whatever. Is that just a pile of burnt rubbish? That's yes, it, it looks is, like. Yes, yeah. Right. Uh, it's beautiful. Um, what concerns me is if this was maybe the, Craig has long hours at the abattoir, doesn't have time to clean up. Yeah, that's, I think that's possibly true. What concerns me is if this was in London, this would be offered as, as a luxury <laughs> flat, a luxury <laughs> studio flat. <laughs> Very true. Okay, you said you had another story for us. I Thank do. you, Craig, for that. Right, so the second story um, is from Kyber. Ah, so the guy who stopped sending us the Derby Telegraph updates. Wasn't he the one who was sending us the chip shop stuff? Thanks a bunch. He was. Also, by the way, um, Steve, I, I finally found the stories you posted. Uh, one, of the, one of the stories we've already co- covered, but thank you anyway. You finally found them. Where were they? They were on the Facebook page. Rob, can you start <laughs> checking it properly? I edit the episode. All you've got to do is maintain the Facebook page. How hard? It's not like we're getting inundated with posts that you missed them. The second one. Can you explain to me how you missed them? I, I'm a busy man, Alex. With this new job, I'm working nine to five. Right. The second story, which again Kyber said isn't local to him, but it's from the the uh, Express and Echo, which uh, Devon. Oh, a new think, one. Yeah, the Express and Echo. The, I think this might be the first one. We need to check that one then. Devon Express and Echo. Okay. Oh, so the Exeter Express and Echo. There we go. Is Ex- Exeter near Devon? Uh, well, it's it's in Devon, so yes. Ah, yeah. Right, right ready for this? She can I ask you a question? Yeah. Where is Utoxica? Utoxica. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's in Staffordshire and where did they get this because I because when oh, I watched I was, okay listeners get comfortable I was watching a while ago I told you about it a old Jeeves and Worcester episode no not Jeeves and Worcester sorry a bit of, a bit of Fry and Laurie right okay and there was this there was this great sequence of sketches that was set like in the 80s or whatever with these yuppies set in mm. Utoxeter how do you pronounce it Utoxeter Utoxeter yeah and I just thought they'd made up a place name for this thing because obviously it doesn't sound it sounds like somewhere in it, it does sound like it could be made up, yeah. yeah like but, it also sounds like, but it also sounds like it could be in Africa somewhere. It's it's, it's the home of JCB, if that's interesting. Well, why have we got a name? Where does this name come from? It sounds like it's African or something else. I don't understand. Well, I, I can't really... I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing there's some, some sort of Saxon name, but yeah, it's it's in um, it's in Staffordshire. It's in a few miles away from Stoke. But you don't know why, where it's it gets... It's not a race course. You don't know where it gets its name from? No. I'm imagining... <laughs> why would I know that? Because you remember how Staines changed its name to Staines upon Thames? Did you know that? No. St- after the Ali G thing, Staines changed its name to Staines upon Thames, and they've been doing a lot better since. They haven't. They haven't changed the uh, the station. It's still Staines on the station. Staines upon Thames is what the whole place is now called. And I wonder if Utoxeter or whatever it's called used to be called something else, like Sweaty Pits, and they changed the name. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but no. As far or as bum that, crevice or something. Okay. Anyway, what's his story? Yeah. Sorry. Right. Are you ready for this headline? Uh, no journalist listed. Chicken and mushroom slice sparks vicious attack in Devon Sainsbury's. <laughs> However, how, well done, Kyber. How would those two things ever be twinned? If you just said to me, what, what, what sparks violent att- vicious, vicious, vicious attack? attack. Vicious I attack. would never guess chicken and mushroom slice. No, no. And neither, if you said chicken and mushroom slice causes, would you ever guess violent attack? No, I think that's... Oh, uh, sorry, vicious I think attack. that's fair. Devon police are appealing for information after a woman was viciously attacked with the, the cheap with the with the uh, <laughs> no, right, no sadly not I thought that when I first read it I uh, was viciously attacked in the Isle of Sainsbury's supermarket is that a place in Britain the Isle of Sainsbury's uh, yes I believe it's it's, it's, it's off the Devon coast isn't yeah it? it is that's right yeah. it's a private island though that I hear is where Lord Sainsbury comes from that's correct yeah that's right he just basically went over there got rid of the natives butchered them I heard and just called it the Isle of Sainsbury um, I retract the comments to the Sainsbury family. I, I'm sorry for insinuating that 
the late Lord Sainsbury butchered some indigenous residents of an island (laughs) off the coast of Devon. It was meant for comedy purposes, and I need to say that for the lawyers. Rob and I are very, very ignorant, so all our comments need to be taken in light of that, and we apologise for them. To be fair, I think if they heard the the Utox conversation, they've already probably guessed that. (laughs) Right, and probably switched off at that point. Polly Victoria Turner, 21. Eh? Polly Victoria Turner. Polly hyphen Victoria. I don't want to cast... I don't want to cast... Dispersion. It's Polly Victoria Turner from the upper classes. <laughs> maybe. Who hyphenates their first name? Give me back my chicken and mushroom slice, you vagabond. I don't want to see the homeless in here. She doesn't sound like she would be eating a chicken and mushroom slice. I think there was a homeless person in there and she was so revolted by the pain and suffering visited upon her doorstep that this is how... It's, I don't even know what happened. I, li- I like to think that there, there was one of the lesser classes reaching for the, the chicken and mushroom slice and she took it off just to play Tilly's stamp on it in front of them. <laughs> yeah. So Polly Victoria Turner, 21, was attacked as she and her auntie visited the story of the Willows, Torquay. Oh, Torquay, the home of 40 Towers. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know, any of our international listeners, I know Blue, uh, 40 Towers is very popular all around the world. That was set in Torquay. Yeah. This is where this story comes from. Violence This birth. is the first ever Torquay story, Rob. This is true. Violence, so, Kyber, more stories, please. Violence flared after Mrs. Turley's auntie tried to pick up a chicken and mushroom slice <laughs> in the Torquay store. The attack described the um, Torquay Tesco. Yeah, Torquay Tesco. Brilliant. Nice alliteration as well. The attackers, described as a man with a cap and a woman with a baby. Hey? <laughs> yeah, a man with a cap and a woman with a baby. Now, hang on. Are you sure it wasn't a gnome? Good point. It doesn't say. It doesn't say. Uh, Maybe he was a gnome, just wearing a cap. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, initially argue between themselves before turning their fury, Miss Turner. Hey? Wit- witnesses describe seeing two women fighting like savages on the floor. <laughs> Over a chicken and mushroom slice. Didn't they have multiple packs? Or was no, no, one? we'll come on to that. Right, this is a, was it a reduced one? <laughs> one said it was horrible to watch with children screaming and fellow shoppers struggling to pull the attackers off Miss Turner. Oh, Rob, I wish I'd been And she bowed to protect herself on the floor of the shop. See, this is more traumatising than having a couple of footballs stolen off your pitch. Yeah, without a doubt. Miss Turner said she was only defending herself. Now, you only say that if you did something quite vicious in your attack, I feel. But I may be wrong. Uh, the violence ended when male shoppers well, wrestled them say, out of the victim. You should never be a juror, and I know I think you have been. Mm. But you should never be a juror, Rob, because you are completely biased. <laughs> In your mind, if somebody says I was only defending myself, it makes them guilty. <laughs> Presumably, if somebody they... says, "Yeah, I murdered the bastard. Oh, he must be innocent." You never admit it. <laughs> no, I you just do reverse psychology. In this attack, I, don't th- I, I will acknowledge okay. in this attack that maybe. I... Tell me what happened. Okay. Um... Miss Turner from Plymouth said, "My auntie, my auntie was leaving over. Uh, sorry, my auntie was leaning over, getting a chicken mushroom slice, and the man told his partner to move out of the way. My auntie stood back and said, "No, it's okay. Don't worry. It's fine." Then the woman started effing and jeffing and saying, "Why can't? Why can't she open her mouth?" The man then began to, <laughs> sorry, the man then began to insult Miss Turner, uh, who was standing behind her auntie. He directed a bizarre insult at her to clean her shoes. Rob, was this couple pissed? I think they were, yeah. yeah. Um, Clean your shoes, love. The pair argued before the woman launched an unprovoked attack. The woman then grabbed my hair and pulled me down, Miss Turner said. Hang on a minute. So she's there to get a chicken and mushroom slice. Yeah. The, the, the bloke comes over also to the same so, stall, the bit, the same stand, and wants her to move out the way. So the auntie was leaning over. I don't know why she's leaving, we're leaning over the chicken and the mushroom slice. And the, and the partner of this, this, this couple said, get out of the way. Um... I mean, they started this whole thing. This yeah, yeah, poor yeah. auntie has got nothing to do with it. No. And th- then the couple started arguing between them. And then they then they started assaulting her. Yeah. So go on, tell me, dragged her down by the... Yeah, grabbed her on the head. I could hear, I could hear him shouting, Have her, babe! <laughs> what? She's an auntie! No, 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 no. This is the, this is the man of the, of the couple. So the yeah. two women are fighting. Have her, babe. He's talking about beating up an auntie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this is Miss Turner. This is the younger. This isn't the auntie. This is her. This is the oh. Other one. This is a uh, Polly Vic- Victoria Turner. It felt like I, I felt like I was at it for twenty minutes. Hey, eh? <laughs> sorry, I felt like it went on for twenty minutes. I mean, that's just as bad. Um, I fought back, but as people tried to break it up, she was still there yanking on my hair. I just love the idea that chicken and mushroom slice. You know, the packaging got perforated and it was all over them. You know, yeah, like some sort of sexual thing. No. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I, I mis- misread the situation. I'm not into the animal stuff anymore, Rob. They're all, they're all pulling at her, but she wouldn't let go. My daughter was screaming. Later, she thought she's. They did this in front of her daughter. Yes. Which uh, she hasn't mentioned the daughter prior to this, but apparently the daughter was there. Later, she told me she thought I was going to heaven. 
It breaks my heart to think how <laughs> social. Can leave this debris. <laughs> to later, they they had a they had a she she debriefed the daughter about what had happened. Yeah. What you saw happen with mummy was two very not nice people attacking mummy. Mummy's safe, and the little ghost went. I thought you were going to heaven. I thought you were going to die. Yeah. Over a chicken and mushroom slice. This doesn't even appear to have caused altercation. No, that's true. I'm a bit worried taking my children shopping there now. I think these two people need these two new. I'm a bit worried about taking my children shopping now. I think these two people need to come up, come forward, and clear things up. Um, that's very generous. Of these two people need psychiatric help. Yeah, that's that's true. Mister Turner added, "I feel slightly better now, although I'm a bit shaken up. I've not been shopping on my own since, and I'm worried about my children. I've been really edgy with some people." My auntie was just picking up a uh, picking up a chicken and mushroom <laughs> slice at the time. I think it might have been against us, although I'm not sure. I mean, that's, that's not. <laughs> oh relevant. my god! One of the most irrelevant comments we've ever. Just, she didn't say that. That's that sounds like a partridge. Let line. me quote. Okay, my auntie was just picking up a chicken and mushroom slice at the time. I think it might have been against us, although I'm not sure. That that that, that isn't important to the police. And then following that, she said, "Do you said, remember what brand it was?" I don't. That's crucial to the case. <laughs> Can you imagine oh, this goes to court and it all unravels because she can't remember the brand? <laughs> well, you know. She finished by saying, but the, the attack was completely unprovoked. I mean, yes, it was. Ginsters or not, nobody deserves to be viciously attacked in a talky Tesco over a chicken and mushroom slice. Although I think what she's trying to say is, Ginsters, I think, do make a better quality cheese and mushroom slice. Maybe that would in some way justify the vicious attack. Yeah. Um, there's only two comments on this story. Um, shame. The first one is from Superstar999. Who just says, just check the diary, but April 1st is still over a month away. Implying that it's a comical yeah. story, obviously. And a Proud Mother says, my auntie was just picking, obviously quoting the story, my auntie was just picking up a chicken and mushroom slice at the time. I think it might have been against us, although I'm not sure, but the attack was completely unprovoked. Well, that explains it then. If it had been a Sainsbury's own brand, it wouldn't have happened. Which was, which was my point. Yeah, absolutely. Rob. That is a brilliant story. Thank you very much, Kyber. Rob, we are running very heavily over I time. I thought we might be, yeah. And, uh, and this, we are going to try now to end the episode quicker than we've ever ended it before. Let's see if I can do it. Got it. So, that back. brings episode 171 to a close, and we look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation yet trepidation to our next episode, which will be episode 172, as we move ever more forward, like... Like, Here we go. Uh, 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 like, uh, like a man strolling down the middle of a motorway carrying a gnome or a child dressed as a gnome. We're still not too sure, having shoplifted um, said gnome. Um, from a garden centre. From a garden centre. Just like that, we move ever more forward to our next episode, which will be episode 172. And all that remains is for us to say goodbye to this episode. Have a good time to Rob. We've got to go. Bye. Great. Um... And we can be found on our website, which is lapodcast.net. From there, you can download all of our episodes. There is a donate button if you'd want to donate to this episode, because we do need money to keep us afloat, because we do operate at a loss. We can be found on iTunes. If you search for Alex and Rob or LA Podcast or Local News, you can find us there. You can download all of our episodes. You can hit subscribe, and you can leave us a review. We're on Facebook at LA Podcast. Don't, no, facebook.com forward slash LA Podcast. We're on Twitter at, at LA Podcast. And if you want to send us in a story, if you want to contact us, if you want to feature on this podcast, then email us at lapodcast.net at gmail.com. That's lapodcast.net at gmail.com. Or tweet us at, at LA Podcast or post a post on Facebook. That's it. God bless. Do yourself a favour. Keep it local. Slightly aggressive. <laughs>